So Nick, uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and Conservative leader Pierre Polyev have, have been trading jabs, whatever the cliche is, in a question period. And, and I'm wondering if, if either one has sort of come out ahead in, in the minds of Canadians as, as, a, as a preferred Prime Minister. And you have the latest numbers on that. Hey, Michael, giddy up. It's a horse race. Ooh. You know, when we ask, we ask Canadians every week who they would prefer as Prime Minister. And uh, check out the numbers. You can see basically a statistical tie between Pierre Poiliev and Justin Trudeau, both at uh, 30%. Jagmeet Sikh is back at 15%. However, check out the numbers on the four-week change. Mm. So looks like a lot. Pierre Poiliev up 12 points. But we have to remember that in the nanos tracking, we always have someone as uh, someone in the conservative spot. Candace Bergen was. So basically, this is the improvement uh, for Pierre Poiliev in the wake of uh, wake of the of the leadership and his real numbers. So uh, we basically have a coin toss mm. between Pierre Poiliev and Justin Trudeau as to who Canadians would prefer as prime minister today in the weekly Nanos tracking. Well, welcome to a new episode of CTB's Trendline. I'm Michael Stittle. And I'm Nick Nanos. And uh, Nick, we can we can dig into this even further because you did uh, a survey for the Globe and Mail where uh, you tracked what positive and negative things people had to say about Trudeau and, and Polyev, uh, I guess their overall uh, likability, I suppose we can say. And, and what did you find out? How about a three-letter word to sum this up? Ugh. <laughs> wow. You know, so, you know, we asked, to your point, we asked uh, an open-ended question. Mm -hmm. Canadians could say anything they wanted about what positive things they associated with Trudeau and Poiliev and the negative things that they associated with Trudeau and Poiliev. So it was completely open-ended. People could say whatever they want. For Justin Trudeau, uh, the leader of the Liberal Party of Canada, his top like was, pause, dramatic drum roll, nothing at 31%, <laughs> uh, mm. followed by the job that he did uh, during the pandemic, uh, at around 12%, people saying that they liked the social policies at 12, uh, his ability to represent Canada, hair came up. And you know what, don't be mad at me, but some people actually responded hair and his uh, looks that he cares about Canada and he does a good job. So mm. top uh, unprompted positive association was nothing uh, or people couldn't think of anything. And then uh, the job during the pandemic and his social programs. Wow. What, what about uh, Polyev? Well, on Poilievre's positive associations, you know, we just said that Justin Trudeau, 31% of Canadians said there was nothing they liked, mm -hmm. uh, no positive associations. Well, for Pierre Poilievre, it was 41%, so even Oof. higher. Wow. Uh, but in terms of those articulated positive associations, things like stands up for Canada, good speaker, bright, those were the things that were most likely to be mentioned by Canadians on the positive side of the ledger for Pierre Poilievre. Wow. Um, that's, 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 a, you know, a pretty high percentage for nothing on, on, on both leaders, Nick. I mean, what, what, what does that say about, uh, about how, I, I guess, does that speak to the divisions within Canada and, and on how we feel about our, our political parties? It's, it speaks to both of these, these officials being polarizing figures uh, that, you know, a significant proportion of the population doesn't like anything. Mm. um about either one of these and they're just not happy with a lot of the choices so it speaks to uh canadians being divided uh on on both of these leaders when it comes to positive associations 
Uh, Nick, so so not a lot of you know positive things, I, I, I suppose. But but what about the negatives? Well, the negatives were also there for for both of those leaders. For for Justin Trudeau, his top negative was too much spending at around sixteen percent. Another eight percent said there was nothing negative that they associated with him. Then people used words words like out of touch, untrustworthy, the controversies, arrogant, all that kind of stuff. Uh, on the negative side of the ledger in terms of negative associations they had with Justin Trudeau. Uh, okay, so that's it for the Prime Minister. What about uh, Conservative leader Pierre Polyev? On the negative side of the ledger for him, two right-wing top mm. unprompted negative association around 22%, 13% they couldn't think of anything negative. And then things like the convoy came up, people use words like polarizing, brash, Trump-like uh, to describe what they dislike about uh, Pierre Poiliev. I think the key takeaway, Michael, on the negative side of the ledger for both Trudeau and Poiliev, one spends too much. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm pointing the right way. And the other one is too <laughs> right wing. So, and I'd like to say, you know, Canadians do not object to government spending, uh, but it's just too much spending. In the same way, there's probably a lot, many Canadians that like many of the policies of uh, Pierre Poiliev, but it just might be seen as a little bit too right wing. Uh, Polyev is is really focusing on the problem of of cost of living and inflation in this country, uh, and I'm just curious how that's playing into this, and and also where that is in your own issue tracking. Well, in the weekly tracking, uh, when Canadians can say whatever they want in terms of their national issue of concern, uh, it's almost like a four way tie right now. Jobs in the economy at 15, inflation at 13, healthcare 14, environment at 12. So, you know, what you can see is a lot of meat and potatoes issues like inflation and jobs in the economy, but also healthcare and the environment, top uh, concerns that Canadians have. How about this? Why don't we call it a buffet of anxiety when it comes to top uh, worries that Canadians have right now? Sounds like it would give me a stomach ache. Um, <laughs> so, so, you know, what, what's the sort of historical significance, I, I suppose, when, when you know, the preferred PM numbers are, are kind of split and inflation is, is a bit high? Well, what's, what's interesting is that in a survey that we did with Bloomberg News, we asked them to identify or asked Canadians to identify which federal party leader they trusted most on economic growth and on reducing inflation. And on economic growth, it was basically a tie between Poiliev uh, and Justin Trudeau at 28 and 28. Jagmeet Singh was back at around 14. Another 14% said none. However, the interesting thing was that when we asked Canadians who they trusted to reduce inflation, Pierre Poiliev comes out at 30%. Justin Trudeau is back a full eight percentage points at 22. And then we have Jagmeet Singh at 10, none at, at 18. And to put this into context, no, there was a period back in 2015, Stephen Harper, uh, when he was seeking re-election, was very strong on the economy. He's a fiscal conservative. He had a pretty strong track record, at least on, on economic issues. And I remember we were doing some polling and we asked Canadians, you know, who they trusted, which party leader they trusted on stuff. And as soon as Justin Trudeau started pulling ahead of Stephen Harper, who was the prime minister at the time, you knew that Harper was in trouble. So the big question now is, Pierre Poiliev looks like he's done a better job at defining his position and showing strength on things like the rising cost of goods and, and inflation, fighting inflation and stuff like that. Could he use that as an event, as an advantage? And should Justin Trudeau be really worried that this new challenger is actually stronger than him 
on one of the top issues that Canadians are fixated on. Wow. Uh, Nick, presumably a, a federal election is, is still a few years away, uh, but whoever is prime minister may have to deal with uh, some uh, pressure against federalism in this country. Uh, we touched on this last episode, uh, talking about the huge mandates won by Ontario Premier Doug Ford and Quebec Premier uh, Francois Legault. Since then, Daniel Smith has become the new uh, leader of Alberta. I want you to, to listen to this. Not Ottawa. We'll chart our own destiny on our own terms, and we will work with our fellow Canadians to build the most free and prosperous country on earth. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you know, free uh, chart our own destiny. This, this is a former leader of the Wild Rose Party as well. Yeah. Do, do you know what, Michael? I listened to that, mm. and. Uh, Maybe she's being cagey because mm. I think you could say you could interpret that two ways that Albertans and Canadians will work together to have the most prosperous country on earth, mm. which could be Canada, or Albertans will work with Canadians to have the most prosperous country, parentheses, Alberta uh, on earth. So I don't know. Sounds a bit vague to me, but I think uh, depending on... Uh, how you feel about the federation why don't we say this you probably heard different things and mm -hmm. i would hazard to say that she's not saying this uh this is not said in this particular way by accident it's said on purpose and i think this is what this is what the federal government has to be worried about what i'll call more muscular flexing of polit political muscles uh, in different provinces, and I, I put Alberta at the top of the list. I'd also put Quebec on that list because Legault just got a really strong mandate. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a strong believer in uh, in provincial rights and provincial leadership on a lot of the big issues and provincial, I'll call it small I independence, not capital I independence. So I think uh, this is probably going to be the narrative for the next while. How is the Federation working? Uh, are the premiers working at cross purposes? with either each other or the federal government. It could speak for some turbulence for Justin mm. Trudeau and the federal government. Uh, I should also just, just put this in wider context too, that that Alberta fa still faces uh, an election next year. That, that, that Daniel Smith, uh, she's replaced uh, Jason Kenney as leader of the United Conservative Party and therefore she's the new premier, but she herself hasn't, hasn't really faced an election yet. So it's not the same kind of strong mandate that Ford and, and Legault have. No, but the thing is, is I think you, I would expect her to talk tough. Mm. Uh, she's going to talk tough because she's going to need to build her brand and build profile and also to chart a path, path differently from, from Jason Kenny, just so she can be, you know, her own leader in her own right with her own vision for the province of Alberta. So I would expect her to uh, talk, talk tough, talk big in order to uh, to get profile, especially since uh, Rachel Notley should not be underestimated. She'll be a serious challenger to Danielle Smith, and it'll be a really interesting election in uh, in Alberta uh, in the coming year. Uh, Nick, I, we're gonna take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll talk about masking on planes. Super. Uh, Nick, so earlier in this episode, you talked about uh, the, the top issues facing Canadians. And I'm curious again, where, where was uh, the coronavirus uh, in that list? 
It's a, is this kind of like where's Waldo? Like I didn't <laughs> see coronavirus at the top of the list. Well, it's not at the top of the list because it's at not even 1% is 0.8. I don't know if I'm writing this backwards, but anyway, 0.8% of Canadians cite coronavirus as their top unprompted national issue concern. So let's set aside whether that we're in a pandemic or whether the, the virus is spreading or all that other kind of stuff. We're just talking about how Canadians feel and what they're worried about. Coronavirus is uh, not even near the top of the list. People are, like we said earlier, people are more focused on jobs and the economy, inflation, healthcare, and the environment. Uh, now, the flip side of that, perhaps, uh, you've done a survey for CTV News on how how Canadians feel about wearing masks on planes going forward. Exactly, because now the many of the restrictions have been lifted, mm-hmm. um, where individuals are not required to wear masks on trains, planes, and stuff like that. And we asked how likely or unlikely people were to wear a mask, even though it was not required. And what we found was about uh, 55% of Canadians reported that they were likely or somewhat likely uh, to wear a mask next time they travel on a train or a plane, while only about uh, 35% or something like that were uh, unlikely to one extent or another. So looks like even though people are not worried about coronavirus, there will be a significant proportion that are still um, exercising caution, so to speak, in terms of their health. Maybe they're just worried about getting the flu, not just the virus. The other interesting thing is that uh, men were less likely to report um, using a mask or saying that they'd be likely to use a mask compared to women. But that shouldn't really be a surprise because women usually are individuals that are making healthcare decisions for other members of their family, perhaps children or parents and stuff like that. They also uh, tend to have key roles on the healthcare front. So it's probably not a big surprise that they're more likely to report uh, saying that they could be using a mask, even though they don't need to when they're traveling either uh, by train or by plane. Hmm. So it sounds like this is sort of the new normal. We're not, we're not, you know, the coronavirus isn't, isn't a top concern anymore, but, but that doesn't mean that we're ignoring it. Yeah, absolutely. I think what this means is that we're in a phase where Canadians are thinking of managing the impact of the coronavirus, managing the variants, and uh, you know, just basically exercising prudence. And you know, the reality is, if someone wants to wear a mask, they can wear a mask. Uh, there, it could be because of their personal situation, uh, in terms of their personal health. It could be that they're caring for someone who's a part of a vulnerable population, and I think. Wearing masks, although not required and will probably and will not be as widespread as we've seen before, is just going to continue to be part of our culture as part of a voluntary way for some Canadians to protect themselves and also to protect their loved ones. Uh, Nick, that's it for this episode. Uh, as always, thank you very much. Thank you.